0: say that five times fast. That, 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 that. I hate you.
1: You're listening to the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of 2M Football with you here is your uh one of your hosts mike
1: and it's the other one on this end of the microphone matt
0: no guest with us this week um just just us how are you doing matt
1: i am not doing too shabby it's been a been an interesting week of football and i'm really excited about today's show i feel like we got a we got a good thing going
0: me too actually i feel less negative about this week for some reason than i have about the, the past couple
1: I think it's because for the most part, games went with the way we either expected them or if there was, you know, if we if we pick, say, team A and team B one, it wasn't through a surprise.
0: Right. Yeah. We as we'll get to, we've definitely got a shorter list of upsets this week. Um, Fantasy was as brutal, at least for me, as it has been the past several weeks. But uh, maybe I'm finally making peace with that maybe it's just not my year. <laughs> there comes a point in every season where I think every NFL team realizes they're out of contention and where every fantasy team hits a point where they're like, you know what?
1: Hey, as long as you're not owning everything like New York, you've got you've got progress.
0: Sure. All that being said, we sit here on the recording Tuesday evening today uh, on the week of Tuesday after a crazy week 10 of NFL action.
1: I can't believe it's 10 weeks of football gone. I know.
0: Just looking at the schedule and seeing there's only a, f- uh, a few more weeks, 6 I think six more games until the the playoffs will start, which is just wild and fantasy even earlier than that. We're really getting into it now.
1: It's all or nothing.
0: Hey, what a great show.
1: I, well, I, was, <laughs> I was hoping the fans caught as good of a reference as you did. Um, <laughs> yeah, or is there uh, any... Favorite moments or one-word reactions for you, Mike?
0: Well, my favorite moment of the week is partially influenced by the fact that I'm a Cardinals fan this year. But it's got to be what is being called the Hail Murray, which, uh, of course, we'll get into a bit more detail in in my Cardinals recap. But uh, but yeah, Kyler Murray threw a 45-yard Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins, surrounded by three defenders, but he somehow mossed them all and caught it. Uh, for the game-winning score of that Cardinals-Bills game, which was I like the highly... meme that
1: came of that. Yeah. You <laughs> sent me one of, like, the Texans, a Texans player holding, like, a picture of DeAndre Hopkins and just tears rolling down his face. <laughs> As we realized Bill O'Brien was maybe the crappiest general manager for a team.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, we all we all knew how good DeAndre Hopkins was even when the trade was made, but just seeing what he's doing... With his new team, it's like they couldn't even get a first-round pick in exchange for this guy. It's insane. Uh, but yeah, that would have to be my favorite moment from the week. It's just epic, epic comeback.
1: I don't know if I'd consider it a favorite moment, but once again, I just like it baffles me that D- the Detroit Lions came down to the final seconds of a game again and pulled out a victory. <laughs> like this is a yeah. team like forgets that there's three quarters of football, but then. Every game, no matter how good, and Stafford had a phenomenal game. It all came down to Prater's leg, and yeah. again, they like eke out a win. So it's like, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what to think <laughs> of that Detroit team.
0: Prater is one of the best, still, he's been so consistent. How
1: important a kicker is, as much as we give kickers a lot of crap in football,
0: uh huh. Um, like, well, look at the Bears, the the. They didn't have a good kicker and the double doink literally took down that entire franchise. That <laughs> Nagy still has nightmares about that game, I don't know, and other things, which we'll get into. He, he has a lot of nightmares these days, <laughs> anyway. Not,
1: let's get I don't into put the, all of it on him, but that's neither here nor there yet.
0: Let's let's uh, yet, yeah, let's get into the week 10 recap. Uh, so in terms of our pigskin pick them eliminator contests, Matt, you did take the week. Uh, by a score of 9-8. to eight.
1: Which uh, I still correctly. how speak can register any of my picks, so I'm glad you were able to go back and figure that one out.
0: Yeah, I just listened back to our episode to get your picks. And yeah, you gained some ground on me picking the Colts and Rams to win, which they did, and, and I'd picked on the other way on those games. Uh, and you tightened up the season season total, which I'm still in the lead, but uh, only by 11 now, 102-91 to 91 points. So, we'll so in
1: theory, if I could get the next two weeks perfect... <laughs>
0: Yes, <laughs> that would do you some good. Uh, Eliminator, though, oh, man. not so good for you.
1: <laughs> they dropped three in a row on these gambles; they are not paying
0: off. <laughs> yeah, you picked the Eagles to win this past week, which, you know, seemed reasonably. I don't want to say safe, but it seemed like you know we there's, all picked them to win. There was some at logic least. behind it against the Giants. Uh, unfortunately, though, <laughs> they lost that game by 10.
1: Not even that close. Thanks, thanks, Carson Wentz, for being being a jerk.
0: I agree with that sentiment wholeheartedly because if he hadn't been such a jerk, I might have won my fantasy matchup. <laughs> but that being said, uh, I, while I was listening back to our last episode to get your picks, I, <laughs> I noticed when he, you said to Surio, who is, of course, an Eagles fan, I'm trusting your team this week. And he said, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and he was right.
0: <laughs> I I'm not giving funny. him
1: any more credit than I already have. He's already pointed out my stupidity, so we're going to move on from that.
0: <laughs> uh, and I picked the Packers against the Jaguars, and and that was a closer game than expected. Uh, Jacksonville looked pretty, pretty good, but Green Bay did take the win there. Um,
1: Shouldn't have, but they did.
0: In terms of the upsets of the week, we already referenced. Uh, the Giants did beat the Eagles. And the only other major one was the Patriots beating the Ravens on Sunday night. What is up
1: with the Ravens this year?
0: Uh, Yeah, I have more notes on that game later. I I think weather played a really big factor in that one that I don't know if we can take all that much away from it, but it's definitely true that either Lamar Jackson has regressed or the league has uh, a better idea of how to defend him this year because that offense is just not performing.
1: Yeah, it's it's not. It's definitely like almost the same team as last year. But it, I think you made a mention of it. It doesn't feel like the same team.
0: Yeah, yeah. It feels
1: it, like the entire team has regressed.
0: Right, right. And we knew they and had they're, kind of they're a, not a
1: solid lock start that they once were.
0: Right, especially on offense, uh, because they just don't have the weapons. Mark Andrews has been a little bit inconsistent, and but Marquise Hollywood Brown has has really taken a step back in, in year two for reasons I, I can't quite explain. He's right almost
1: now. like, what, half the receptions and yards that he was at the same point last year?
0: I, yeah, I think so. Uh, without having the numbers in front of me, that sounds right. Um, they, they were so desperate for a playmaker that they signed Des Bryant, a name that we hadn't heard in, in years. <laughs> uh, but, well, yeah. And then, well, the craziest part of that was me looking him up, and he's actually only 32 thought he would have been like 37 right now but anyway moving on uh, well we have more on that game in a little bit let's talk about our playoff sleepers
1: well my go cow very well they had a a bye week so they got to rest up they got to sleep fortunately Dak yep. prescott is not coming back um at least this year so yeah that was an easy breakdown of that game glad i could contribute yeah. to that one <laughs>
0: Hey, now, they gained ground in the division probably by not playing.
1: <laughs> in a division that's just crap at garbage. There,
0: there's still only one game out, I think.
1: <laughs> but anyway. Baffling. Just as baffling about that was how like, Dak Prescott for like four weeks after he was out was still in the top five passing yards. Yeah, it's hilarious. Like, he might still have right one Lamar line. Jackson. <laughs> Um, but on a more painful note, we go, we go to the, the mountains and the Mile High Stadium of Denver, Colorado, where it's... a pitiful performance. And well, you know what? I take that word back. I don't understand how this game went as bad as it did. <laughs> because, yes, you see the turnovers, four interceptions by Locke. But as somebody pointed out, what stood out to me more was the color of his Jersey. When the game was over, there was more green than white on there. I think. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He was rattled the entire game from start to finish. But despite all that, he had a bad interception in the first quarter. But when you really go back and watch the game, he made some great plays down the field and threw into some tight windows and they were making completions. They were moving the football between the twenties, but then they couldn't finish drives and that's really what stalled them was the red zone. You know, in, in the second quarter I made a note that there was he had an, an easy touchdown wide open that wound up being picked off in the end zone and I think that really jarred this offense in in, in a staggering way but even more surprising was how bad the defensive side of the ball played. I mean, if you watch, there were times that Carr had such a clean pocket, he was able to hold that ball for three, four, five seconds, which is unheard of in the NFL. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, when you have the ball for that long, it doesn't matter how good coverage is, it's going to break down eventually.
1: Um, And they could not contain Josh Jacobs or Devontae Booker, a name that, again, who would have thought we were talking about at this point. Right, right. Um, and, you know, averaging over five yards per carry, they're – their corner coverage were running a soft zone, so Carr just dropped it in between the zone and kept the chains moving. Um, and the, the Denver defense just lost battle at the line of scrimmage, pure out. Poor run tackling in between the tackles, and they just couldn't contain the run game. And I think that's really what, what floundered on this game was the run game got yeah, going, yeah. which softened the zone, which allowed Carr to move the ball down the field.
0: You know, They did almost the same thing. This sounds so similar to our recap last week when the Chargers played these Raiders. It was the same thing. Uh, Carr only had to throw for like 150 yards because they just dominated on the ground. And And I feel like that's... Scrimmage. Yeah. I feel like that's becoming uh, kind of the identity of this Raiders team. We were talking about what impact Henry Ruggs could make in the passing game, but when you run for 200 yards, you don't really have to throw the ball even.
1: And I really think this is an accreditation to this offensive line. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hard for this offense. You know, granted, the four four turnovers is not good, and then the Deshaun the right. Hamilton fumble, but the defense couldn't give them any help. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the defense was, you know, off the field as fast as the offense because the Raiders just marched down the field. So yeah. I don't know. I put, I'm putting more blame on this game on the defense, unable to get the offense opportunities to get the football. Um, and then I don't have much confidence because it looks like Locke could be out again.
0: Yeah, like you, like you mentioned, he got he got uh, knocked around in this game and had a I think it's bruised ribs.
1: Well, as long as as long as he gets the same treatment Drew, Drew Brees gets and not that Tyrod Taylor gets, <laughs> I think he'll be fine. <laughs>
0: Yeah, too soon.
1: (laughs) Speaking of Tyron Taylor and the Chargers, Mike, how are we doing over there?
0: Oh, boy. It is uh, the tough times in Charger Nation continue. Charger hood? (laughs) Sure. So, uh, you know, I don't want to blame it on injuries, but just right off the bat, Joey Bosa didn't play in this game. That's his second missed game in a row with, I think, a concussion still. Uh, and then we already know Austin Eckler has been out for a while and Justin Jackson has been playing pretty well uh, in relief, but he was out this game too. And, and actually they signed Kalen Balazs to start. And he started at running back in this game, of course, revenge game for him against the team that drafted him. And he actually was pretty effective here. Oh, I know, um, but yeah, I know, you know, cause he, he smartly picked him up in fantasy.
1: I, um, I can't wait to get the fantasy corner.
0: <laughs> but the real headline of this game was the, a battle between two quarterbacks that were both taken in the top six overall in this past year's draft, Justin Herbert for L.A. and Tua Tagovailoa for the Dolphins. And, uh, yeah, so it was highly anticipated for that reason. It's always fun when rookies get thrown into the fire straight away, and we have a lot of rookies across across the gamut of positions. The wide receivers very well,
1: quarterbacks to corner. Quarter- yeah. It's like it's the year of the rookie, I feel like.
0: I think it really is, which is so, so weird, just based on how limited the off-season activities were, which will be another thing we should talk about once the season is done, is how did that happen? But anyway, back to this game. Uh Chargers flipped the script a little bit here. Instead of getting into off to a big lead and letting it slip away, they just dug themselves into a big old hole right out of the gate with some special done, teams. Get it done
1: early, right? Just right,
0: just get it get it over with. Uh, but it was special teams this time that that failed them. So the very first offensive series, uh, they had their punt, they went three and out, and the punt was blocked and recovered by Miami at the one. They scored a rushing touchdown on the next play, uh, and then on the Dolphins' next drive. The Chargers actually stopped them on third down. They were attempting a field goal. Uh, but the Chargers jumped off sides trying to block it and gave them a fresh set of downs. And they scored another touchdown a few plays later to go up 14 to nothing. So that was uh, specifically what happened at the beginning. But then all game long, they gave up uh, two. They gave up some long punt returns to Jakeem Grant that really set up the uh, Dolphins offense, uh, put them in good positions, uh, all game to uh, give them short fields and and a lot of opportunities. And the Dolphins took a seventeen to seven lead into the half here. Now the Chargers did make things interesting in the second half. They actually got within three points uh, and a two yard touchdown pass from Justin Herbert to Hunter Henry in the third. Um, but. Their fate was sealed by some some more mistakes later on. Herbert threw an interception on their next drive, which gave Miami good field position again. And, I know, I was uh, trying to read
1: the back of the jersey, and I thought I saw the word rivers on the back for a second there.
0: Oh, ouch. Yeah, so Herbert's been pretty good in terms of turnovers, but uh, this Miami defense is, is surprisingly tough, as we're seeing every single week. And uh, they they took advantage of of his interception to, to score another touchdown, which uh, gave him a 12 point lead, 26 to 14 in the fourth quarter. And uh, LA did score one more time, but it was uh, it was too little, too late. Uh, final score was 21 to 29. Uh, the Dolphins won the game, and uh, that leaves the Chargers remain last place in the AFC West, uh, two and seven, but just one game behind Denver still. So. So, well, the division and the playoffs are certainly out of reach. They could still catch up in time for a season-long Jello vet. bet. <laughs> and that's well, all I'm hoping like for.
1: They have one chance, and that's in the coming week.
0: Yes. Yes, this is like the first time I've picked them in a while, and I'm not even confident, uh, <laughs> which we'll get to. Anyway, so... Jets. Uh, <laughs> anyway... I put them first because the game I'm way more excited to talk about is the Cardinals. They were home to the Bills, and we talked about it at the beginning. Uh, This game really did live up to the hype, and I just want to start at the end again, particularly the final minute of this game was just craziness. Uh, Here we go. Cardinals were actually up 26 to 23 uh, with under two minutes to go, but the Bills had the ball, and they were driving down the field. And with just 34 seconds left to play, Josh Allen threw a touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs for the diving touchdown catch in the end zone uh, right along the sideline. Amazing catch. Is awesome. Diggs is having a great year. Um, and that put the Bills up 30-26 to 26 with just 30 seconds to play. Uh, but, however, the Cardinals did still have two timeouts. And they, so they got the ball back and they're actually able to get to midfield relatively easily using the middle of the field Although that did mean they had to spend those timeouts, so let me set the stage with 11 seconds left. They're on the the Bills' 43 yard line. No more timeouts. Kyler Murray takes a shotgun snap, rolled, rolled out to his left, which you know for a right-handed quarterback is not ideal situation. But so yeah, took the snap, rolled out left, shook off one tackler, one would be sacker, and then he wound up. And just chuck the ball up into the end zone. And let me just ask you in a vacuum, would you take DeAndre Hopkins or any for or three random defenders, one being Tradavius White? Who do you take in that situation?
1: Uh, well, given the results of this situation, you know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to go with DeAndre Hopkins. Very good. Bill O'Brien
0: would disagree, but yeah, that's the. <laughs> That is the right answer. He he out jumped.
1: Why we still are employed and someone else is not.
0: (laughs) It's incredible. There's a, there's a photograph. There's a a still photo of this catch where I I think all four guys have their hands on the ball, but Hopkins pulls it down. And, uh, and that was the game winner and they're calling it the hail Murray, which I love. (laughs) And uh, yes, that was just incredible, incredible finish to the game.
1: Okay. Are you Uh, done
0: loading? Some other takeaways here. Patrick Peterson is looking really good. He had one interception in this game. Could have easily had two more that he dropped, uh, which was, you know, Josh Allen started off the season so hot, but he's kind of reverting to what we thought he was, which is a bit more of a gunslinger with accuracy problems. (laughs) And just Kyler Murray's dual threat nature continues. He had two more rushing touchdowns in this game and, and just the one passing.
1: I think this 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 game really showed kind of the Cardinals team that's been lacking the past few weeks.
0: It looked more complete. complete, uh, Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. Complete performance because Kenyon Drake was back, and as a whole, the team rushed for over two hundred yards as well. So,
1: really good to see because like these twenty-eight, like you know they they were down twenty-three to nine in the third, but like. I just want to say, like, how much crap the Falcons got, like, giving up a twenty-eight to three lead, and yet look at so many of these games that were like twenty-something to single digits, and teams are making mounting comebacks. In
0: <laughs> that's true. Maybe it happens more than uh, more than we realize. And I
1: think that maybe that was just because it was center stage against a terrible Falcons defense. But I feel like <laughs> course, this year alone, yeah. we've had multiple twenty-something to single-digit games.
0: mm Hmm. Can't get complacent uh, when you're up that by that amount. Uh, but anyway, the Cardinals improved to six and three, and part of a three way tie for first place in that that crazy NFC West with uh, Seattle and the the Rams are both six and three.
1: And these next so, few weeks is really going to determine how this division shakes out.
0: Yeah, a lot of divisional matchups that uh, I'm very much looking forward to. So that's our sleepers. We went uh, one and two and one by. <laughs> Better than our zero four showing last
1: week, I guess. We've we've made subtle improvements.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, elsewhere in the league, uh, a couple other games to highlight. On uh, going back to Thursday night, the Colts and Titans played another one of these divisional clashes. And uh, you had you and uh, Soria both picked the Colts to win this game. Smartly, it turns out uh, I had picked Tennessee, which did not work out well. <laughs> This game was for the division lead, which the Colts now have uh, via head-to-head tiebreaker with the win. But yeah, 34 points for the Colts for an offense that hadn't been very good so far. But they moved the ball easily in this game.
1: It's not just that, but they completely shut down the Titans' offense.
0: Right, which is something that we hadn't really seen anyone be able to do yet.
1: (laughs) I mean, in both phases, we've seen Derrick Henry get sort of taken out of the equation, but then Tannehill was able to move to the air and move the ball roughly but relatively decently and mm-hmm. enough to win games. And yet here it was like the entire offense just sputtered.
0: Yeah, well, this, this Colts defense really is the real deal, and they held Tannehill under 150 passing yards. Uh, Henry did still get to 100 yards, but they didn't let him score, and his uh, per carry average was much lower than usual. This game was close for a while, but it was special teams again. Uh, just like the Chargers that uh, sort of let them down early. It was, or not early, but what swung this game. Because it was close. It was 17-13. Titans had the lead near the end of the third quarter until uh, two very bad things happened on a pair of punts. <laughs> One, uh, the I didn't even write down the guy's name, but the, the Titans punter shanked a punt off the side of his foot ended up only going 17 yards then out of bounds set up rivers and yeah set up rivers and the colts starting to start their next drive at the titans 27
1: (laughs) yard line i don't feel a lot of heartbreak but when you watch it back how fast his head just hangs like oh (laughs) like the second there's nothing you can do like
0: right just watch it go out of bounds and hope that hope the referee doesn't walk too far down the field before he signals first. down. (laughs) So that was one that the, after that score, the Colts were up Uh, 2017. Then their defense forced another three and out and they blocked the next punt and returned it for a touchdown. So with that very quick swing, it went from a 17 to 13 Titans lead to a 17 to 27 deficit. And uh, all in all, the Colts defense pitched a shutout in the second half. And, the final and they scored one more time. So the final score was 34 17. Not a particularly close game in the end. And the Colts you know, now have first Frank, place.
1: I know Frank Reich was uh, kind of everyone was wondering what was going to happen when, when Drew when Drew Luck retired a couple of years ago, and then they kind of yeah. had a rough season last year, and nobody was really sure what this team was going to look like with Rivers under center, a defense that really wasn't a good defense for a long time. That Colts team is dangerous.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. They've got some things to figure out still, I would say, on offense. they Just to try to get a spark, they went for it a bunch of times in fourth down in this game and didn't always get it. But, if they can, but they have a great offensive line. We know that. And I mean, they have several I, I running talk, backs.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. I talked crap on Naheem Hines at the beginning of the year. Didn't think he'd be a big part of this offense. And boy, I could not have been more wrong.
0: Yeah, they've got a really nice one-two punch with him and uh, the rookie, Jonathan Taylor.
1: While Marlon Max so, on IR this year. And once he yeah. comes, can you imagine having that that trio in the back?
0: Right. And all right. the different
1: yeah. skill sets.
0: Yeah, exactly. Naheem Hines is more the pass catcher, but he can run too. They they do hand it off to him. So I think uh, you're, what you said is accurate. Dangerous, for sure. Uh, another game that was interesting was the Seahawks taking on the Rams. And uh, what we said last week about Seattle was proven true again that Russell Wilson just can't do it all himself. He didn't have, uh, he was missing Car- uh, Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde in the run game again. And uh, Wilson had three to- three turnovers in this game. Two picks, lost one fumble, and actually didn't score a touchdown for, I think, the first time this season. And part of the reason for his struggle was on the other side for the Rams, Jalen Ramsey, completely Took away DK Metcalf. He shadowed him for a vast majority of the snaps, and he just took him out of the game. He only caught two passes on four targets, something that not many teams have been able to do to this Seattle offense.
1: Yeah, completely, just own them at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, like brutally.
0: <laughs> Leonard Floyd. Yeah, oh, the
1: go ahead. Bear making his name in right. this one
0: right right <laughs> three sacks in this game three of 6 for the rams
1: and it's not easy to take down russell wilson
0: right so oh, elusive really impressive let's see and and on the ram side the rams offense side of things it, it wasn't as great as uh maybe we would have expected going against the seattle defense they only scored 23 points in the game but but hey it was good enough right jared goff did throw for 300 yards uh the running backs combined they've got you know a three-headed monster committee going over there they all combined for 97 yards on the ground and over 4 per carry which is a nice healthy average they just look pretty good nice win for the rams and and like we mentioned
1: i mean i feel like they took like the championship approach your offense does what it needs to to win but your defense wins championships and the defense right. plays like a championship caliber defense against an offense that's arguably one of the hottest in the league right now
0: totally yeah and now there's a three-way tie at the top of this division which is going to be just fascinating to watch the final uh, what do we got 6 weeks left now those how it plays out uh, elsewhere the 49ers played the saints saints won this game easily as we expected the only thing notable was that Drew Brees suffered a rib and lung injury in this game and he could miss could miss 2 to 3 weeks Although, based on his Instagram, it looks like he has a great and also adorable medical staff at home consisting of his children.
1: <laughs> They'll take care of Papa. Yeah. Papa,
0: <laughs> and, and that brings up the question, uh, who's going to start for them next week? Because we know they like Taysom Hill. All jokes aside, he is a big part of their offense, but not so much as a traditional passer, right? And uh, they did bring in Jameis late in this game, I think. He played the whole and- second half. Did he really? Yeah, they, they brought
1: that. him in at the beginning of the third quarter.
0: Okay, okay. Well, I guess that's probably a good indicator. Although uh, Sean Payton did say that he won't officially name a starter
1: until later in the week. I think we're going to see a lot of situational football out of the great Sean Payton when it comes to this. Taysom mm. is more of your traditional gadget player, if you will. Um, but the benefit to him is he has been in the system longer than Jameis Winston. And to right. me... You know, like we said, joking aside, despite the fact I like Taysom Hill, um, (laughs) Taysom just is more familiar, so I think you know what to expect out of him versus we all know what Jameis was in Tampa Bay. Yeah. And Sean Payton is not the type to put up with those kinds of situations, but I really feel like we're going to see plenty of both of them, but it may be situational depending on who's taking the snap.
0: Mm -hmm. The rare uh, quarterback by committee approach. (laughs)
1: I mean, until you really kind of get a feel for how each one's going to do, there's really no other way. I mean, you can't, let's say, start Jameis Winston and, you know, he throws three picks in the first half and you go, okay, I'm benching him and then turn around next week and start him again. You know, it just doesn't do any good for a quarterback mentally to go through that. Hmm. Um, But at the same time, I really think that we're going to hear Jameis will be the starter at least for now.
0: Nice, good analysis. That sounds right to me. Uh, another good game this week was, like we mentioned, uh, the Patriots upsetting the Ravens on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Twenty-three to seventeen was the final there. And and and, like I kind of mentioned at the beginning, it was there was some weird weather across the league this weekend. You know, we're in mid-November games now. It's, and games were delayed. Yeah, cold cold months are coming, and and this was. It was cold rainy and windy in this game and you saw a lot of bad snaps a lot of drop passes and and just the kind of thing that make this uh a game that i don't know if we can take that much away from just because of all those
1: well i think there's extra one thing of jacoby myers all of a sudden is an emerging name on that uh
0: didn't he throw a touchdown in this game too he
1: did to guess of on all a... people rex burkhead
0: <laughs> yeah rex burkhead um, man and-
1: FYI for our dynasty followers who care about that more than we do at this point. Um, (laughs) I am starting Rex Burkhead and I did set met our lineup to start Rex Burkhead because I'm tired of this crap. (laughs) Two weeks in a war in a row that he's been Mm -hmm. a critical part of the offense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's sad what happened to James White. I don't know why he's not used anymore. Um, well, may, well, maybe this is why. <laughs> Rex Burkhead is pretty good and Damian Harris rushed for over 100 yards. He's a young guy. I think they drafted him last year, but he was hurt a lot of the year, so we didn't get to see him. He's looked good from what we've seen. And and as a whole, the Patriots rushed for 150 rushing yards on the ground in this game. Uh, and the other thing that helped them win it was that Cam Newton was efficient, but not great. Uh, but he didn't turn the ball over, which has been one of his issues this year. So. Uh, They're able to get the win here. And then lastly,
1: the final game of the week. Did I? You forgot the uh, Packers and Jacksonville.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we we could talk about it.
1: I think we found the the winning formula to uh, making Green Bay cringe and that they still cannot tackle, especially on punt returns. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I firmly believe Green Bay should not have won that game. And I want to give the reason I really want to bring up because one of my Prove It players, CJ Henderson, the cornerback, was matched up against Devonte Adams a lot of that game.
0: Yeah, he looked pretty good, didn't he? Uh, he had some deflections. I think he just straight up knocked the ball out of Adams' hands a couple yeah, times.
1: The end zone was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to give the the rookie kudos and credit to that for uh, going up against arguably, outside of DeAndre Hopkins, the best receiver in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I was watching that game. As a as a Devontae Adams fantasy owner, I was very frustrated watching that game for for a lot of it. <laughs> he did end up scoring, ultimately, but... Uh, but I you have think to give the about...
1: rookie credit for not getting blown apart like you would think from as good of a receiver as Adams is. So that was my only Absolutely. little tidbit on that game because I wanted to bring one of our prove-it players back into it. <laughs>
0: That's good. That's good. I like it. And the Jaguars' defense as a whole played with some swagger here. Like They only gave up 24 points. To Rodgers and the Packers
1: work with a couple of people like it's funny how when you think about it out loud it doesn't make sense but when you think about it critically it makes more sense I'm not scared of like the 9 and 0 Steelers the teams you got to be afraid of are the 0 and 9 0 and 10 Jets the the 1 and 8 the 1 and 9 Jacksonville Jaguars the teams that have nothing to lose like there's no lower they can go and I feel like what Green Bay did was mentally they went in thinking this Jacksonville team has lost seven eight in a row, they're they're going to be a piece of cake. And I think Jacksonville kind of smacked them back to reality, to say, hey, if we lose, we lose. We really don't care, but we're not going down without a fight.
0: Yeah, that's true. It, it becomes a a mental issue sometimes when teams look look ahead, look past a game to if they yeah can kind of taking it for granted. And and some of the Packers same old. Weaknesses have been exposed or were exposed again in this game. James Robinson rushed for 110 yards, uh, averaged almost five a carry. This run defense has been very leaky for Green Bay. Uh, they had the, the punt return for a touchdown uh, that made things look a little yeah, dicey for a while.
1: Keenan <laughs> Cole Sr. sat on my bench and had a freaking career night.
0: <laughs> I was wondering if you'd bring that up. Oh, he uh, knew
1: but, it <laughs>
0: But yeah, even the Packers' uh, running game didn't really get going that much. Aaron Jones was under 50 yards, under four yards of carry. Rodgers threw a pick. Uh, I think it, I, I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly, it may or may not have been off Devontae Adams' hands. I can't remember. But but, uh, but yeah, this was definitely a game that the Packers may have looked past and almost paid the price for it. So good for Jacksonville, though. Going I mean, on the road, staying I, I in really, it.
1: I really think that these teams that are on these slides, you you can't you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it sounds stupid initially when you say like who's who's scared of the zero and ten Jets, but it's like they have nothing more to lose. Yeah. And, if, and if every team Chargers just thinks of them as a walk in the park, <laughs> you know, it's do that. Funny. it's uh-huh. funny how fast you you wind up being wrong.
0: Right, you find yourself, you know. Down ten fourteen game. points, and then guys start. Then maybe you start pressing and and make more mistakes. So yeah, it's easy for things to. All it right. only takes one or two, you know, fluky plays to flip, you know, the script on any Momentum game.
1: Momentum on a game. Yep. Yep. All right. Quickly through the Bears, and we got to get on.
0: I just want to talk about how bad the Bears are. Uh, so uh, the Bears, it's 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 infuriating, you know, as Chicago natives, or you know, at least in the area, as, as we say, are. I just see
1: NFC North fans.
0: Yeah, we've like, been around the Bears, our entire football fan <laughs> fandoms,
1: like, and it's I, always
0: I, the same thing.
1: And I, I, I can't believe I'm about to say these, and I may be burned at the stake for it, but I have more confidence out of nowhere in the Detroit Lions than I do the Chicago Bears. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't... Th- at least there are players you could point to on Detroit and say, he's good. He's good. (laughs) I don't know who you can say that about on Chicago outside of uh, some defensive players, of course, but it's the same thing every single year for the bears. Great defense and special teams. Usually remember Devin Hester, Cordero Patterson Patterson
1: has been great for this team
0: and just a terrible offense. So yeah, let's talk about the good first. I guess Uh, Patterson had a 104 yard kick return in this game. It was their, it was their only touchdown of the night. But with that kick return, he joins Josh Cribs and Leon Hall for, uh, I think, tied for second most kick returns uh, for touchdowns in league history with eight, which I didn't realize he had that many. But Oh, and that was also against his former team, the Vikings, so that must have felt mm-hmm. nice for him. Uh, and then uh, Khalil Mack, don't think of him as an interception guy, but he picked off a pass here.
1: It went way into right nice big mitts, too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then and he picked off a pass, returned it into field goal range for the Bears. And, that, and they you know, held
1: the final point, the one you're about mm-hmm. to make, is I think the one that surprised me the most.
0: Yeah, they held Delvin Cook to just three yards per carry. The guy who's rushed for like 450 yards and six touchdowns or something in the past two weeks combined. They, gave, they still gave it to him 30 times, but he... The Bears' defense was smothering. They they did an awesome
1: job on Cook. I think Green Bay could take some notes on a run defense.
0: Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now let's flip to the other side. The Bears' offense was just so bad again. And this is, a not, wreck. This is not a formidable Vikings' defense. Uh, but the Bears just couldn't do anything. So remember Patterson's kick return touchdown was 104 yards. The Bears offense had 149 total yards of offense the entire game outside of that kicker
1: they managed to muster an additional 45 yards of offense through three quarters.
0: yep it's so sad (laughs) and outside of that kick return and then the short field set up by max interception which led to a field goal well there's offense yeah go ahead
1: keep in mind too though for this offense there was there was a play calling change Mm-hmm. Matt That's Nagy right, Bill Lazor. Yeah, Bill Lazor is now calling the plays versus Matt Nagy is now trying to focus on all three phases of the game. However, it did not make this any more frustrating, and it baffles me to think that this is the same quarterback, same quarterback who took over for an injured Carson Wentz and took the Eagles to their first Super Bowl. <laughs>
0: And threw for like three, four hundred yards in that. Outdueled Tom Brady and won a Super Bowl. And and well, now arguably you, know, he, you can
1: say that the Bears also, for some miraculous reason, beat the Buccaneers. So he just has luck against Tom Brady. However, <laughs> I will never get past how a team that is three and zero with mediocre play benches their starting quarterback to continue to go two and five in the ensuing seven games.
0: Yeah. It's, and I
1: really believe yeah. that it was not Matt Nagy making all that calls.
0: Oh, you're saying the front office got involved, like we're done with Mitch?
1: Why would you take a mobile quarterback away for a pocket passer behind a mediocre, and a, after injuries and COVID issues, a shoddy offensive line? Yeah, You've lost a critical component that's in required for today's games. Once the Bens and the Bradys and the Breeze retire – it's going to be all about the mobile quarterbacks and Foles is closer to being a pocket passer than he is an improviser.
0: That's very true. Yeah. He cannot really move. Things break down in the pocket and he doesn't really either throws it away, takes a sack or throws a pick. (laughs) He's not getting out of there. And, uh, yeah. He threw for just 106 yards and an interception in this game. He got injured in the final minute. And uh, yeah, well, the Bears go into the bye week now. So we'll see what happens after that. I think I saw saw a quote from Nagy that he is open to another quarterback change. I don't know if Mitch is going to be healthy after the bye or who else that would mean. Uh, Tyler Bray, I think his name was, got into the game for the Bears final drive.
1: I'm going to say this with... The, the expectations of the entire amount of flack we are going to take for saying this, at least I will. I just want everyone in Chicago to realize something. This is the same city that at the beginning of the year with a three and O record called for Nick Foles. You asked for this. <laughs> you asked to have Foles as your starting quarterback and you've gone two and five.
0: Two and five just, and lost four in a row. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just want that to sink in and remember that this was the change Chicago demanded the people, the fans.
0: Well, now Nagy is the one who is, uh, who's, whose head is being called for, because if it's not, you know, things didn't get better going to falls. Mitch has been mostly a disaster his whole tenure here. And, uh, Nagy was supposed to be an offensive mastermind to, to turn this, uh, the franchise around in that regard and has had several seasons to do so and has done nothing of of the sort.
1: All (laughs) I'm going to say is the bears are very quickly sliding into Cleveland Brown territory. This rotating quarterback head coach is never going to win this, this city, a championship. Never. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. They've been a rotating quarterback situation for as long as I've been a fan, because every time the Bears play the Packers, for example, they show that graphic of the Packers have had two starting quarterbacks in the past, whatever, you know, 30 years now. <laughs> Harvin Rodgers and the Bears have a different guy almost every year. Anyway, on the Vikings side of the ball, they've won their third straight. Uh, all have been in the division. They beat the Packers, the Lions, and now the Bears. They're four and five. And if you just look at who the Vikings play in the next few weeks, it's dallas uh, carolina and then jacksonville all at home they could very easily be 7 and 5 in a couple weeks so I mean, uh, keep your eye on the vikings
1: under mike zimmer is tightening up and it's it's coming
0: and then last note is that kirk cousins got his first monday night football win good job 10, on his 10th appearance so good for you kirk
1: and against a stout Bears defense with the limited run game by Dalvin yeah. Cooks. Kudos yep. to you, Kirk. Yep. Captain also, shout Kirk. out
0: to Justin, Justin Jefferson, who just looks like a, a one of those incredible rookie performers. Yeah. Okay, I feel like that was a lot. There were a lot of good games this week.
1: <clears throat> Thankfully, That's the more. Bears, the Niners, the Giants, and the Bills all have their bye week to get their acts together. Yep. <laughs> Most of them will. Some of them won't. Not naming names. And then yeah. Thursday night, we actually have a good kickoff this week, Mike.
0: Yeah, week 11, we'll get started with the Cardinals at Seahawks on Thursday night. Boom. Uh, both teams are 6-3. and three, and, uh, and part of that three-way tie for first place in the NFC West. And so whoever wins this game will emerge on top for now anyway. And these two played just a couple weeks ago in an epic overtime win for Arizona. Now, uh, Seattle's hoping Chris Carson will be back as am I.
1: I was going to say as is Mike.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be a big boost and, and help uh, help Wilson not have to try to do it all himself. I think I don't remember. Was Carson there for the, the Arizona game a few weeks ago? I think he was, but he was, that was very, very close and could have gone either way. So, um, uh,
1: I, I I really feel like this is a revenge match, and Seattle is going to come in with a vengeance. So I'm as with Chris with Chris Carson being back, most likely, mm-hmm. hopefully, <laughs> I, I'm taking Seattle on this one.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm taking Arizona. Part of it is I'm, I'm biased, um, but I don't know Seattle's defense is not getting any better, and uh, the Cardinals are red hot right now, and, and maybe Patrick Peterson is is turning things around. too. I mean, not that he hasn't been playing well, but he's been playing especially well lately, so maybe they try to do the same thing to DK Metcalf with him uh, as Jalen Ramsey did. I don't know. I don't know if it'll work. I don't know if they'll even try that, but <laughs> it's just something to think about. I'm taking Arizona.
1: Bengals
0: yeah, the, moving on to the Sunday, early slate of games. Uh, no notes here, I guess, except that Washington almost pulled off a great comeback against Detroit. Like you said, uh, the Lions ended up winning it last week on Matt Prater's incredibly jacked leg. <laughs> I think it was like a 59-yarder to win it. Um, but Alex Smith looked pretty good, or at least put up some numbers in that game comeback and almost let it
1: go. You're my friend.
0: <laughs> you called it. Um,
1: And somebody said that if it wasn't like originally that if it wasn't for Alex Smith, they would say Ben Roethlisberger deserves it. Um, But I really feel like emotionally everyone is on board that Alex Smith really does deserve it. If not at least an honorable mention.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
1: I'm sorry, Ben, your uh, elbow surgery is not as bad as almost losing your leg.
0: Right. Yeah. There's a difference between just, just missing a year and just ended being in the hospital having surgeries for like a year and a half straight <laughs> and almost losing your life. So I would give it to Smith there. Uh, however, I'm taking the Bengals to win this game.
1: I do have Cincinnati as the victor. Burrow is a beast. And if this defense can clamp down on that shaky offensive line of Washington, I think we're going to be in for a, a close game, though. But I think we're going to yes. see the Bengals eke out a win here.
0: Falcons at Saints, uh, like we already highlighted. the match. biggest. What's that?
1: A trash match.
0: <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Saints quarterback situation is still a little bit up in the air, but uh, I like how you laid things out. We're going to probably see both of Winston and Taysom Hill. Either way, Atlanta's defense is still terrible, so I'm taking the Saints.
1: I have the Saints too, simply because their defense seems to be much scarier than we gave them credit for. Yeah, and, um, yeah. They. I have a feeling around. that on not just an offensive question for the Saints, but I think the Saints defense is going to come up big, and we're going to see uh, them rattle Matt Ryan a little bit more than maybe we thought of initially. But it'll be a yeah, good we'll benchmark see. for whoever starts for the Saints because this is a pretty good defense to get your get your feet wet.
0: Right, right, exactly. Uh, and on the other side, it'll be fun to watch uh, probably Marshawn Lattimore take on Julio Jones. It's always a good matchup there. Hell yeah. Steelers still undefeated at nine and zero. take on the one and eight Jaguars in Jacksonville. I'm taking the Steelers and they're my eliminator pick.
1: I mean, I think you have to go to the Steelers, but if Jacksonville plays as hard as they did against Green Bay, I think it's more of against how um how this Jaguars offense is gonna fare against the uh the Steelers defense than anything. And yeah. it makes me nervous for my, my QB two, not gonna lie. Oh yeah,
0: Jake.
1: <laughs> been riding that train fairly well, but uh, we'll see. I have no money to bid on, so I'm kind of stuck with after trade deadline.
0: <laughs> Good to know. All right, Patriots at four and five take on the two and seven Texans. Uh, taking the Patriots.
1: They are my eliminator pick. Oh, nice. And yes, I'm taking New England. I think we're seeing a more complete team right now. This Texas team does not know what it is yeah um i expect another big game out of jacoby myers i also think we're going to see that two-headed backfield out of new england and we may see more cam rushes against this this texans spotty defense in the middle of the field
0: for sure eagles at browns eagles are three and five and one still clinging to first place in the in the nfc east Freaking miraculous. Uh, Browns are six and three. This is actually a pretty tough game to pick for me because I don't, I'm not confident in either of these teams. What do you, I'm going to let you go first.
1: I, I have to take Cleveland. I feel like the Eagles are like two or three pieces away from being a good team, but I can't trust Carson Wentz.
0: Yeah, that's, that's my biggest takeaway from last week is like, okay, you can blame the injuries for a while, Last week, uh, Dallas Goddard was back. Miles Sanders was back and had a pretty good game. Alshon
1: Jeffrey even played, despite not uh, (laughs) logging a reception. He was out there. And then, like, they're missing Lane Johnson on that line, which is a critical piece against Miles Garrett. And I feel like it's going to come down to the, the battle at the line. If that offensive line can give Wentz three to four seconds to throw or to move, They have a good shot, but if they're when he's
0: rushed though, when when he doesn't have that much, he just makes bad decisions. I feel like one of the things Wentz has been doing uh, poorly this season is that he, it seems like he feels like he has to do everything himself, and so he tries to make these plays that he has no business making, and they they result in turnovers. And I
1: feel like they're going to have to, like Doug Peterson's going to have to call a quicker Dink and Duck, almost West Coast offense to just get them moving to build mm -hmm. up the game. But they're going to have to rely on Miles Sanders and Boston Scott to get that run game going. Yes. To open up Uh, play action and open up the field and to slow down the the pass rush to give Carson that three, four seconds he needs to throw. If he's got to throw in two seconds off the snap out of the gun – I don't see them beating the Browns.
0: Yeah. And uh, I I also saw that uh this is all going against my eventual pick, but but I also saw that Zach Ertz, I think, is being activated. I don't know if that's for this week, but he'll be back soon. Wentz is getting his weapons back, but I maybe he's just not that good. I'm taking the Browns.
1: Are you coming to this the dark side where I said Wentz sucks?
0: <laughs> you know,
1: I'm slowly poisoning Having
0: having him on my fantasy roster is doing all the convincing that I need. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like the Eagles have been in prime time enough this year and, well, most years since they won the Super Bowl. Everyone's seen a lot of Wentz. He just makes bad decisions sometimes. And maybe he's not that great. Maybe the injuries have taken a toll. I don't know. But I don't trust him. I don't necessarily trust Baker Mayfield either, but the Browns... Game plan is completely centered on their backfield, which they have fully healthy now with Nick Chubb.
1: Let me just put it this way. In terms of dynasty, I switched out Baker Mayfield for Jameis Winston because you (laughs) ingenious bastard at drafting took Jameis Winston for a league.
0: Finally, one of my picks paid off. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we're both taking the Browns here? Yes. All right. Doesn't feel good, but neither would picking the Eagles. So,
1: <laughs> Lions at Panthers. I made that mistake twice. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lions are four and five. Uh, Panthers three and seven. Uh, most of the storylines surrounding this game are injuries. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater left Sunday's game with the MCL sprain. Uh, they're calling him questionable right now to play this week. If he doesn't play, then uh, the XFL star from 2020, PJ Walker, is the backup, and he actually got into the game a bit last week. Um, I think McCaffrey is still not expected back from what a uh, shoulder injury. And Matt Stafford banged up again, too. Uh, he has a, a partially torn ligament in the thumb on his throwing hand,
1: which yeah. sounds and he made that note of, like, it just didn't feel hot when he threw it. And I was like, and you still played, like, most of the game?
0: Right. That sounds like something that would be um, difficult to play through. But he, he did, and he had a big game last week. So, And he is expected to continue to play through it. And who did I take here? I'm taking Detroit, but this game feels like a crapshoot.
1: Um, their fourth quarter miracles leads me to pick Detroit on this one.
0: yeah i mean i'll also say their rookie running back deandre swift is coming around and the panthers have one of the worst
1: run defenses in the league um i just as much as in the nfc north we crap on the lions i think as a universal thing you do in the nfc north um,
0: right it's tradition at this point
1: to just crap all over the lions i mean (laughs) they really aren't the laughing stock right now they're not a great team by any means but they're doing what needs to get done to put w's on the board
0: yeah look stafford some teams staff stafford's a baller he's he's good i like stafford as a player um a lot of questions <laughs> surround him especially at the coaching position i was gonna but, say yeah.
1: i don't have a problem with a lot of the players i have a problem with some of the staffing yes
0: <laughs> and kenny Holiday might still be out whatever taking the lions uh, Titans at Ravens. This is a fascinating game. Both teams are 6-3. and three. This is a rematch of last year's AFC Divisional Round of the playoffs in which the Titans shocked the NFL world by knocking off those Ravens 28-12. to 12. And uh, this year, it seems like things, rosters haven't changed that much, but these teams feel very different than they did in that game. Titans don't have a defense anymore for one thing. <laughs> but the Ravens offense has taken a big step back. Like we've talked about.
1: I feel like their defense isn't as, as dominant as we thought it would be either. It feels like in the past few weeks, the Ravens have just cooled off as a team. It's almost like they're coasting.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's, their their it's, defense uh... just
1: doesn't feel aggressive. Um, and you, you can't trust their offense right now for whatever, for any reason there's i have no rhyme or reason i have no explanation for it um, but i have to take tennessee because the ravens right now i have question marks around them this game could change the fate of baltimore depending on how it plays out
0: if if they do drop to 6 and 4 and the browns leapfrog them to 7 and 3 uh yeah that would uh, not be a great position for them i'm i am taking the ravens though because the best you know a good antidote to a struggling offense, has been the Titans' defense. Uh, Look what the Colts just did to them. So um, I'm thinking maybe they get back on track here. Uh, That being said, I don't know if the Ravens' defense in its current state is going to be enough to slow down Derrick Henry. Uh, We will see, but I'm taking the Ravens here.
1: If the Titans can put seven on the board with their first possession, either through the air or through the ground, I mean, I think the Titans got it in the bag. They just have to come out hot.
0: All right, Sunday afternoon.
1: Oh my! Favorite. As
0: we've uh, foreshadowed, the, the zero and nine Jets will take on the two and seven Chargers. Um, if the Chargers lose this game, I mean, I don't even know what's left to say. They're already, they're already not making the playoffs. They, uh, I don't know. If they lose this game, I'm disowning them as my sleeper team. I'm not going to talk about them again this year.
1: <laughs> they're,
0: they're at home against the winless Jets. They've been close in almost every game.
1: I really Now's feel like, the time. You know, I really feel like this is where it goes back to what we were saying against Green Bay and Jacksonville last week. No team is scarier than a team with nothing to lose.
0: I mean, wouldn't you put the Chargers in that category too? At this point,
1: they at least have two wins in the win column. <laughs> you don't get any lower than going zero oh, and everything at this point. True. Mean, is what, for... what, what's what's zero and nine versus zero and ten? You know, at this point. Well, so that brings I,
0: up the that brings up the tanking conversation. <laughs> Are the Jets tanking for
1: Trevor Lawrence or what? no? They uh, need to gonna... tank and get rid of Adam Gase. How do you still have a job when other coaches <laughs> Dan Quinn got fired? <laughs> Bill O'Brien it's, deserved. Uh, to get fired.
0: Yes, he did. But there, but this, there will be more
1: firings before the end of the year. But, but yeah, How it's, Gase it's like employed? a race now between Gase and Patricia. Who's going first? At least the at least at least Detroit's winning games. Yeah, and in this league, that's um, all that matters. But I it's going to be
0: Flacco. Heard. It's going to be Flacco starting this game. Darnold is still hurt for whatever that's worth. I know I'm tempted know to pick him up. <laughs> the Chargers' defense has not been impressive lately. Let's just say that uh, there's a. They might get Joey Bosa back. That'd be a big boost. We'll see. Uh, I have to take the Chargers here. I can't pick the Jets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have the that church. said
0: i have that said i'm not as confident as i feel like i should be
1: <laughs> speaking of not being confident <laughs> dolphins at broncos we're gonna skip dolphins are, and just uh in i'm taking miami dolphins are
0: six and three they're just a half game behind buffalo now for the division lead uh buffalo's on a bye this week so they could tie them if they win and, uh, yeah, like we mentioned before, Drew Locke is questionable with bruised ribs. I'm taking the Dolphins, too.
1: Now, Packers,
0: get very interesting. Packers at Colts. Uh, Packers are 7-2. Colts are 6-3. and three, Both first place in their respective divisions. Um, like we were talking about the Colts earlier, they're, the strength of their team, the strength of their offense, is the offensive line and the running game, which is exactly what Green <laughs> Bay is the worst at defending. And on the flip side... The Colts have the league's best defense and the Packers we'll no. see if Lazard we'll see we'll see if Lazard comes back. Actually MVS has had a couple of good games. He's figuring out how to catch the ball at just the right time. But the Packers are a little bit lacking in offensive weapons here. So I think this is going to be a very interesting matchup. And I'm actually taking the Colts.
1: I am as well. I mean, your exact reason pointed out their flaws is their strength is Green Bay's weakness. Uh, The only hope is that Green Bay has is to come out swinging and drive that ball in chunk plays down the field Mm -hmm. and just wear that or be super methodical and wear the defense down early, converting third downs through the first and second quarter at least 60% of their third down opportunities to wear that defense down for the rest of the game.
0: Right. Usually you talk about Wanting to use up the clock to keep the other team's offense off the field. I think for the Packers case, it's more they want to keep their own defense off the field.
1: <laughs> yeah, if they could be just present for the roster purposes and not on the field, that'd be, that'd be great. Exactly.
0: So uh, I think this will be a really interesting game, though. Probably low scoring. I'm looking forward to it. The Cowboys at Vikings rounds out our afternoon slate of games. Cowboys coming off the bye at 2-7. and seven. Should have Andy Dalton back. Uh, taking on the red hot Vikings, who have won three straight. This is another strength versus weakness uh, matchup in terms of the Cowboys' defense. Though uh, we should note they had a couple of good games in a row. The defense did before the bye, so I that's mean, an interesting.
1: Andresh has been a big improvement. Sean Lee being back in there. DeMarcus Lawrence, yep. the tank being back, more active in it. Corners. They'll get a, a little bit more.
0: Yeah, they'll, I mean, they'll get a tough test in Minnesota with Dalvin Cook. Thielen and Justin Jefferson.
1: That being said, I don't have a lot of confidence still in the offensive side of that ball, even though it's against a what we thought was a shady uh, Minnesota defense. But maybe the Bears are just terrible.
0: Well, also, like you said, it's a it's a young defense in Minnesota that that maybe is starting to turn the corner and uh, come around. And we know they're they're well coached. And I'm taking the Vikings. I have
1: Minnesota all the way.
0: Sunday Night Football, the 8-1 Chiefs taking on the Raiders, who are 6-3. And, three. and uh, this is a rematch. This, the teams met a couple weeks ago, five weeks ago, and the Raiders pulled off the upset. It was
1: five weeks ago. Make up your mind. I mean, five is
0: a couple, loosely.
1: <laughs> it's, opening uh,
0: it's, a, it's a couple couples and then one more. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that is still uh, the Chiefs' only loss on the season. Uh, Raiders are pretty uh, on a streak, on a three-game win streak right now too. I can't pick against Mahomes, so I don't think the Raiders beat them twice in, the, in a season. So I'm taking the Chiefs.
1: All I'm gonna say is this: if the Raiders manage to beat the Chiefs, you're looking at a legitimate playoff contender all of a sudden.
0: Yes, definitely.
1: I mean, just straight up, that's that's fact. The Raiders are have to be considered in the hunt at that point. But with that being said, I too have to go with Mahomes.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure I buy some of these wins. The Raiders, I mean, they've beaten both of our sleeper teams in back-to-back weeks—the Chargers and Broncos. Neither of which is, you know, necessarily says a whole lot about the Raiders.
1: <laughs> Maybe your Chargers, but my Broncos are still third place. All right, only by one game.
0: But anyway, we're in agreement. That's
1: all we need. Uh, taking... we just need to keep both keep losing, and we're fine. <laughs>
0: The last game of the week, Monday Night Football, will be the 6-3 and Rams taking on the 7-3 Bucks, And the Buccaneers, after losing by 35 to the Saints two weeks ago, they just came out and dominated Carolina. And to be perfectly honest, I think they ran up the score a little bit. But they've got to be feeling good about their offense right now. They got everybody involved in the win. Uh,
1: well, as much as you can say yes, they were running out, I think if anything, like they keep playing because it's all about building chemistry right now. This team always – you make assumptions when Brady's at the helm of like you just take everything for granted. But if this team isn't careful, they're going to lose just as easily as they win. Um, That defense has shown while it's extremely dominant, it it has weak points. I mean, they've lost three games.
0: One of which to the Bears inexplicably.
1: Yeah, let's not pretend that didn't happen and just say (sighs) it was the defense for the Bears that just manhandled Tom Brady and we'll make that look a little bit better. But I I think this is going to be a good test. Like I said, I think the Rams last week were hungry. There was an upset Bruin, and they did a great job at shutting down the improvisational skills of that Seattle offense versus a very pocket passer-friendly Buccaneers offense.
0: Yeah. So who are you taking?
1: I have the Rams.
0: I'm taking the Bucs. Should be interesting.
1: I I really feel like if this Rams defense can bring the heat like they did against Seattle, you know, yeah, they, yeah, a chance.
0: I mean, if Russell Wilson couldn't get away from that pass rush, I don't feel good about Tom Brady's odds of doing that.
1: Not only that, let's <laughs> let's talk about Ramsey. Ramsey's going to probably be on Evans.
0: Well, sure. You put Ramsey on Evans; they've still got Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Gronk to deal with. So I, I feel like if if Tom Brady is getting in sync with all his weapons, which you know, like you say. Maybe that's what they were working on. To get, you know, a little bit of target practice <laughs> against Carolina there at the end. This offense should be very hard to stop because you—where do you put your best player? You pick someone. They've got other options. So, uh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Aaron Donald. The best way to disrupt a pocket passer is pressure right up the middle in his face, and he has nowhere to go. And that could be uh, that could be the recipe for Donald. Darn. Donald, <laughs> Donald, Jesus, Aaron
1: Christ, Donald! You did not just make that. But Darnold <laughs> is a quarterback for the Jets. Hey, Donald, man, it's really it's a really player. Aaron <laughs> Wait, Donald is time. a dominant defensive player for the LA. Say that Rams.
0: five. Say that five times fast. that okay.
1: that, that that.
0: I hate you. <laughs> Taking the bucks.
1: All right, fancy corner.
0: Yes. Peer, purely just to humor you. And Actually, first, I guess it's been a while since we talked about FanDuel. I guess we can give a quick update. <laughs> Matt, Matt's up six to four now. I think you've won three in a row. Is that right? Something like that, yeah. And they haven't been close <laughs> in week 10. So, uh, you
1: want to know what's funny? Go
0: I'm going to admit something right now. Go ahead. You're paying someone to set your lineups?
1: <laughs> you almost got it. The first four <laughs> weeks... I used the like the guru option that gives you suggestions and I went 1 and 3.
0: I was going to say I was doing better at the beginning.
1: <laughs> I turned around and started using my own knowledge about these matchups and players and it's worked way better. And I don't know how to take that information.
0: I think you should start um you should make your your own guru. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be going back to the system because the system sucks. The system told me not to start Jacoby Myers this week.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, this past week uh, you got me 109 to 86. <laughs> couple highlights <laughs> from your – it's so depressing. In theory, you, could, you can pick anyone you want and start them, but it, I don't know.
1: <laughs> and you couldn't break 100, although I barely broke 100, so –
0: I mean, you still beat me by 23. You, got, you had Ronald Jones, who had 24 points, including a 99-yard touchdown run, which, of course, I played against him in season long, too. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> if he hadn't made that 99, like if that 99-yard touchdown run just had never happened, I would have won. I would have won. I would have beaten my wife, at least. I think you still would have beaten me here. But anyway, you had Stephon Diggs with 20 points, DJ Moore with 17 my only your, good player.
1: I say, I love your highlights.
0: My only good player was Kyler Murray. Right, Highlight number man. two is, is not available. Yeah, not, not applicable. It's so bad. So let's, let's talk about our week 11 lineups really quick because I, I feel like I put more thought into this than usual. <laughs> uh, so on my <laughs> roster, some of my most expensive players are Kyler Murray again. I expect a shootout in Seattle. Seems like very safe. And also going with him, I'm pairing him with DeAndre Hopkins. A who lot cost of money on those first 8,800 in the same matchup. Yes, a lot. And then also Nick Chubb, uh, 8,100. He's healthy now in his first game. They, are, they gave him like 20 carries or something. So he seems like a very safe uh, volume play against the Eagles. So on the cheap end, I took Jonathan Taylor. Uh, the Colts running back, we've talked a lot about how bad the Packers run defense is, so I'm expecting him to be used a lot and be successful. Uh, Damian Harris, as for New England, was only 5,800. He looked really good against Baltimore. Seems like their lead back right now, though given that could change, <laughs> and, it, and it tends to change just about every week, but he has a great matchup against the Texans. And then my cheapest player, who's not a defensive tight end, is Emmanuel Sanders at 5,600. Uh, Like we talked about, the Saints have a great matchup against Atlanta. And if it is Jameis, he's known as a gunslinger. So he
1: should uh, be chucking the ball down the field. Um, My top three most expensive were for $8,500. I got Herbert against the Jets. Nice. I got Thielen against Dallas. I like it. And Mike Davis against Detroit. With a close fourth place honorable mention of Terry McLaurin against Cincinnati.
0: Okay, okay, those are all great matchups.
1: <laughs> My cheapest player was sixty one hundred dollars. That was Nakeem Hines.
0: Ah, okay.
1: And then right, to- oh,
0: okay. Pick the other, the other Colts running back. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, the one I crapped on all the preseason. <laughs> you, uh, that was just a smoke screen. <laughs> Um, and then I also got Christian Kirk and Chase Claypool was actually my best value for a wide receiver at 6400 um, Nice, against
0: I, Jacksonville. It's
1: a good matchup. Hunter Henry is my tight end in the Minnesota defense.
0: Oh, I picked Miami, actually, against uh, your Broncos. It's been maybe a little bit fluky, but I feel like their defense and special teams have scored a touchdown <laughs> more weeks than not. Uh Cool. That should be a good one. I feel better about my team this week than usual, but then I hear hearing your roster. I feel like you have less, you have fewer gambles.
1: I don't know. I feel like McLaurin, Hunter Henry, and maybe Minnesota are my three biggest question marks. Ironically, all my cheapest players too.
0: Makes sense. (laughs) All right, let's talk season long for a minute.
1: Boom. What about it?
0: I just want to ask the Fantasy Gods. Why couldn't I have played Kevin this week?
1: <laughs> Kevin's team put up just 68 points. <laughs> oh man, we both if you look at her and like results, like they're both pitiful.
0: Yeah, compared to the projections. <laughs>
1: um, although, I looked at against other teams and there were a few people that didn't get over 100. Yeah, it was kind of a
0: lower scoring week just across the board I think.
1: Um, but you should be thankful because me beating Kevin helps you in your division. It,
0: yes, yes, it did. I needed you and Sorio to both win, and you guys came through. So thank you.
1: Yeah, now you I can
0: us. only blame my stupid team for not, not holding up my end of the bargain. Uh, but uh, yeah, you beat Kevin 168 with Stafford and Juju again, which I just have to note: two straight games with touchdowns since I traded them to you.
1: And both of those games, Chris Carson's been out.
0: Yeah. Hey, at least Dallas Goddard got me five stupid points this week.
1: Um, <laughs> but what I really want to make note of my is the next mention here is I picked up Bellage again as like a last-minute roster switch. And I That's feel great. like I need to start doing my roster switches like last-minute.
0: Yeah, something about it.
1: <laughs> I don't know why my last-minute picks are like decent. Yeah. But I think each week, like Saturday night, I just need to throw my roster to waivers and reach. No, that's a terrible idea.
0: Just drop everyone and replace it with waiver wire
1: guys. (laughs) Yeah, no, let's not do that. Um, But uh, for the first time in three years, A, I have a winning record. And I'm in the mix for the playoffs.
0: You sure are sitting at six and four, right where you want to be. On the flip side, I lost against my wife, which I feel like I always do. although I mean I scored more than you I lost 124 to 138 for her Um, and I'm going to put this loss at the feet of Carson Wentz and Giovanni Bernard (laughs) Wentz put up just eight points uh, against that New York Giants defense and then Bernard I guess a little bit more forgivable against Pittsburgh but he only put up six as the starter with mixing out again Uh, I did have some good performances Big Ben had 29 points, Devontae Adams and Thielen were both good, but wasn't enough. And now I'm four and six and uh definitely on the outside looking in at the playoffs at the moment. But uh, you know, like we said before, if I can if I get if I get two more wins, I should have a shot at the playoffs.
1: So we'll see. If I can win see. this week, I feel pretty good about where I stand, even if it if even if I lose out the rest of the year, I'll at least break, you know, close to even.
0: Yeah, I mean, you win this week, you're guaranteed to finish above 500. So, there's that. And then in terms of uh, looking ahead to this week, I mean, I have no faith in Carson Wentz. <laughs> Even in a pretty decent matchup against the Browns. I just, Do I just don't know if I can there? start him. Uh, no, but I'm going to be uh, submitting a claim for Jameis Winston. We'll see how that goes. Uh, you see He... he has been a great uh, a great fantasy player like you know whatever you want to say about if he's a good NFL player or not the fact that he turns the ball over all the time just means that he has to keep throwing to keep himself and his team in the game and it leads to him just piling up the fantasy points uh, unless of course he can't move the ball and only throws interceptions but usually it's both right you get the bad you get the good with the bad. And um, uh,
1: I, I'm kind of stuck with the way my roster is set. I mean, I have to play Jake Luton because I don't have a viable second wide receiver or or OP player to really take his spot. But it doesn't make me feel good against the Pittsburgh. However, Jacksonville could be a little bit of a surprise. As long as yeah, if they're i in INTs, as long as he's moving the football, I'll be happy.
0: I mean, if they're down big, you at least have some garbage time to look forward to. So that's um, always the something. The only weak
1: spot, ironically is Keenan Cole is on my roster right now, my starting lineup. Hmm. Um, but, you know, I got Cup. I get Clyde Edwards a back. I got Kalen Balazs against the Jets. Yeah, you uh, like that. <laughs> uh, Jacoby Myers, I feel, is a must start at this point. Um, the only one I'm not sure about is Jordan Wilkins. But I yeah, feel I like with, with, with Hines and the other guy getting the hot hand,
0: Right. He's kind of third in the pecking order there.
1: So we'll see. We'll see. Waiver wires clear tomorrow morning, right?
0: That's right. Well, in just a couple hours here, actually, they clear at two or three in the morning. Yeah. Thank God. I'll uh, probably still be editing.
1: Just disaster I can put together. I feel like these last three <laughs> weeks is going to be a piecemeal for my roster.
0: <laughs> Everyone's getting to that point. Yeah. Band-aids uh, to
1: make it from game to game.
0: Exactly. And then. For those of us lucky enough to get in, the most wonderful time of the year, playoffs.
1: How amazing would it be if I went from owing everything to making it to the postseason?
0: Like I said at the beginning, it's a Cinderella story.
1: <laughs> uh, well. We'll have Mike. to
0: get you an ESPN uh interview with Matthew Berry. Yeah. Oh wait, no, never mind. You told him to suck it earlier. <laughs> earlier in the show's history. <laughs> Did. So that I probably did. ain't happening.
1: Yeah, I, 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 blew, I blew any chance I had for working for ESPN. <laughs> Matthew Barry, if you're listening, I'm sorry. He was a listener
0: until you said that comment, and then he's now he just downloads. <laughs> anyway,
1: downloads a Superbox, uh, Mac. Yeah, don't check your email. <laughs> well, Mike, it's been a late night. But a good night. I enjoyed today.
0: A lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, great talking with you as always. And, and good uh, luck this week, except in Vanduol as is tradition.
1: As is yearly and weekly tradition. Yes. I will try not to kick your ass too bad.
0: <laughs> Appreciate it. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Have a good week.
1: Have fun, 2M Nation. Bye bye. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode of the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Please subscribe to be aware of our future podcasts. Follow us at social media at 2M Football Show. If you feel like donating to help out the show, follow us and check out our Patreon. We'll see you in the next episode.